0: Because I don't like sometimes the way I wrap up. So I a little more energy and time on that. I don't know how it came off. How do you think that did today? Yeah, <laughs> did you roofie me? <laughs> I didn't give it to you. Am I okay here? Mind view. Talking about a mindset this morning. Established versus beginner. What do we do when we're in a just beginning a business as an entrepreneur versus the business that's been around for a while? My name is Brad Hogan. I'm a business guy from Central Florida. I'm just talking about pivoting your way through life and you will risk it all if you're in business. Talk about mainly I'm going to focus on startups, but kind of do a comparison analogy, if you will. Of the two, you know, startups, they're they are small, they're agile, they're fast-growing. You need to be and can be innovative. And what am I talking about? Just throw out an analogy. If McDonald's, if you, you own a McDonald's franchise, big corporation, right? You're part of this. You're a cog in the wheel there. And you want to make a change to the menu. Huh, well, what's that look like? I mean, you can't wake up today and say, I think uh, we're going to sell turkey burgers. Well, you can't do that. You need to, there's a whole process to get with McDonald's and they're going to do the research on it and tell you why you can or why you can't. And maybe you're in a community where that totally makes sense. Maybe you're in the middle of an Italian neighborhood that likes Italian food. Let's serve spaghetti at McDonald's. It would totally make sense for this neighborhood. Well, mcdonald's maybe that doesn't fit their model however if you own your own your very own small restaurant and it's you incorporated it's got your name on it and you wake up today and say you know what spaghetti really makes sense where i'm at in this neighborhood you can serve spaghetti and pizza and all the Italian food, and maybe you own that another restaurant across town. It's in a different area, different food. You can change that today. We can start serving, you know, maybe it's in the Latin community. Rice, beans, Latin food, if that makes sense. We're able to pivot, able to be innovative, able to be more agile, opposed to the corporate guy. Established companies, you know, they're They're mature organizations that have a history of success, well-developed, well-developed culture, if you will, where a young company, we're just trying to find our footing, trying to establish ourselves, trying to establish our name brand, trying to establish a reputation with stability is what I think the established company brings to the table. That's who we as small entrepreneurs beginners that's who we're competing against you know my advice is as a beginning owner it's natural to feel like there's a million things that you have to do any given moment find something that you can work or build your business around a positive an accolade an achievement an accomplishment and I I'm not sure what that looks like depending on what your business is 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 that a celebrity endorsement? Is that a business leader in your community that endorses you? Maybe that's part of it. Is it something you can achieve? Did you win the cake baking contest, you know, so to speak? Are you a 40 under 40 in your community? Are you CEO of the year? Can you be best place to work? It's those little things. That's what I recommend to a small business. Do something. Put a stake in the ground. Put a pin in it. You know, let's, let's kind of build around it. I'm in these startups constantly, and I don't mean every single day, but I've got different things going on. I am constantly telling my sales team, when you're unsure and you're not established, what I want you to sell is you sell the brand, you sell the company, just sell the company. And the reason why I'm able to say that is I find something to build that company around. I was talking, funny, I was talking to my friend Megan earlier, and we were talking about brands and establishing yourself and the brand establishing themselves and what they put their name and their logo on, et cetera. It's kind of what we're doing as a company. I mean, what are we putting our name on? And what are we telling our customers? You know, we have done this. Oh, we did work for the women's hospital. Well, that's credibility. Wow, if you did work for the Women's Hospital, I mean, you must have something going on. Anything you can get, credibility. I think it's very important. From operations to marketing, from financing to legal matters, it, it can get overwhelming. It can be a lot. There's a lot to deal with. It's fast-paced, especially if you're not sure where to concentrate your efforts. You need to generate a maximum impact where do we concentrate our efforts to get that done i think one of the biggest mistakes that beginning business owners make is to complete a task to simply get things done without first forming a big picture for strategy get that strategy in mind before we go off and start doing these little things so The strategy I'm talking about right now, you know, if we're building the company or startup around something, let's get intentional about that. Let's find something we can hang our hat on and let's go after that. Whether it's the big project that people recognize, whether it's the celebrity client that's going to wear your merch whatever it is whatever your business looks like you know opposed to just wasting time and energy kind of being a needle in the haystack let's find an identity think big and then break that down what you need in order to move your business forward you know what what's that look like who's involved what's involved what's the effort what's the cost Just kind of break that down i can break it down into five main areas of focus the first one being clarity you know we we've got to get real clear on what we want it's the fundamentals of your business what we really need to focus energy on will be people and i'm talking about people within your company today that can be you but what do you want that to look like oftentimes we hear it and i like the concept let's hire character, we can teach the rest. Well, as I've uh, got more experience in business, it's true they will hire character, train the rest, but I need somebody with some kind of semblance in the right seat on the bus, if you will. I can't take John the Hardy construction worker and make him a receptionist. You know, there's a better fit for that. There's a better place for him, and there's a better person out there To be our receptionist sometimes it's a revolving door till we get the right people in the right place but people are very important i'm not going to hire people with questionable integrity whether they're the construction worker or the receptionist i want the best people for the job i think that the next thing is your product focus on your product and that's saying a lot, you know, how do you market it? But defining what your product is, how's it different? How's it better? Are we making a good product? Sometimes we're in a service business, you know, are we are we installing a roof? Are we doing that right? What's our what's our process that kind of goes into the third thing which is process. You know, let's let's write down our process let's go point by point by point. Is our process as good as it can be? What can I do in my process that no one in my industry is doing? A lead becomes a prospect when we make the phone call, we schedule an appointment. Why don't we send them an email to tell them who we are before we get there? Let's give ourselves some credibility some of these things that we've built our company around. Here's who we are. Here's what we've done. That's different. Well, then we show up. And when we show up, things are suddenly different. Oh, you're the guy. You're the guy from the company that did whatever you did. Once you've got as a process, it just rolls off. Everything's suddenly looking professional. Let's send a thank you card. Let's send a thank you card to that homeowner who does that in my industry no one. Okay, let's do that. Let's then follow up with them. It's just finding what you can do in your process to make your company, to enhance your company. I think the core of that clarity is people, product, and process. The second thing we've got to do as a small business is focus on the customer. These things I'm talking about, ironically, when we talk about small business or startup business versus established business, the established companies have effectively done all of these things I'm talking about. That's why they're still here. That's why they're successful. That's why they're big. That's why they've grown. That's why they have credibility. They've done all these things. If you will focus on a specific niche, the money is in the niche. The more, the further you can niche down, specialize, the more successful, the more profitable you can be. On the surface, it doesn't always seem that way. What happens a lot of times is, when we're marketing to everyone, we get a response from a whole lot of people, but they don't convert. I don't need all these people to make a million dollars. You know, I just need this many people that actually want my product. When I'm focused in on these people, they eventually want my product. Then what do I do with those people? You can be a lot more productive and profitable if you'll direct all your efforts towards serving this segment of people and solving their problem. Not to contradict myself, I hear a lot in the market, if I can just figure out what people need, I can be successful. I'm going to correct that. If you can figure out what people want, you can be successful. And they may want what they need, but they don't always need what they want. There's a lot of people out there that can't afford the rent or their car payment, but they do have the latest iPhone. What do you need? Do you need a place to stay or do you need a phone you can talk on? The third thing I want to talk about is conversion. And conversion is so important. I feel like perhaps that term is more used since we're in the online era and I'm not, I am not focused on the online business necessarily. Conversion happens for all of us. So whether it's the person that walks into your storefront, do they convert into a customer? Do they just look around and walk out? Is it a click online? As a business is to generate a profit. And this means you focus on conversion. To increase your conversion, there are two aspects of conversion that need to be optimized. Number one is your conversion process. What are you doing to get those people or customers To convert. It may look different to each business. If we don't have that mindset, the person either walks into our front door and they leave and we go, oh, well, I guess they didn't want anything. No, no, no. You have to take responsibility for your business. That's your job. Let's be professional about this. I don't accept the answer of, oh, you know, they clicked on my Ad, they clicked on my website they clicked on but they didn't no click through it. we've now got analytics you know we've got so many analytics and if you're online you don't have the analytics get them you can see the heat chart of where the mouse is going what they're looking at how long they're there, what part of that landing page or website they're clicking on. We need to get niched down into that. If that's not you, you're not the person, whether it's walk-in traffic into a store or whether it's online, let's get with some people that know what's going on, and let's let's learn, and let's let somebody take that over. As I talk about this, something interesting comes to mind. Even the established business, if they're going to stay on top, they need to be abreast of or in tune with the new information that's coming out. I mean, we're, we're in a changing society. I remember back years and years ago, it was the beginning of the Internet, a guy walked into my business, and he was—he was a referral. I had 42 clients, kind of a who's who and close-knit group. It was a finance thing. The guy said to me, "You know, what's your website?" And I looked at him. I said, "Website? I mean, you know, why do I need a website?" I said, nah, "I don't have a website. I'm thinking, why do I need a website? I don't need a website. I got 42 clients. They know who I am." I know who they are, I don't want to advertise to the general public anyway. What happened in that conversation was, I was not a real business in that guy's eyes because I didn't have a website. The point is, today, if you're gonna participate in the market, Know what's going on. When you start out, a website may or may not be your thing. Hey, it may be the main way you sell. It may not affect you at all. Let's understand what's going on. Let's dip our toe in the water and let's have an understanding of it. The one thing that does remain true about business, especially small businesses, we start out is it never quite ends up the way it starts out. You know, we have some positive things happen, And, you know, we come to a fork in the road and we take a path. And that's a little different than the way we started out. And that's okay. That will define your business. Um, I think the fourth thing is content. At this point, you got clarity on the terms of your business and the identity of the customer you intend to sell to. You've successfully converted a person into a paying customer. You now need to focus on driving consistent conversions by producing valuable and strategic content. What's that mean? So if I'm on a storefront, am I producing valuable content, or is this only for the online guy? I'm talking about of age, the age that we're in. Figure out what you need to do for your business. Is it blogging, blogging, email, social media? Is it direct mail, a newsletter? We choose a campaign, if you will, that we think is going to work. It's going to give us a return on our marketing dollars. And then I wanna encourage you to continually expand that. I have 37 different lead sources. And the way that works is, I'll basically try anything at this point, legal, honest, ethical, okay? I'll try anything, and as long as I can break even, in that sector. We're going to do that. The way real marketing works, especially in small business, focusing on this content, we're going to try something over here. It's not going to work. We're not going to get a return. This is real business. We're going to try something over here. It's not going to work. We're not going to get a return. And we're going to try something over here. It's not going to work. We're not going to get a return. And then we try something and we break even. We try something else and we what I'm going to call hit stride. We hit stride, man. It's working. You just stay on that. Stay on it. Stay on it. You not only make a profit, you get all your money back for all those other things you did. This is real business. and This is what marketing looks like. And we're kind of figuring out some things of what works for us. Then how can we build on, on those things? And content, figure out what that is for you. The fifth thing as a small business, a lot of businesses don't do this fifth thing. And there's even some established businesses that don't do them. But if you're a small business, it can really help you. I think it does many, many more things than just your business, kind of who you are. And the fifth thing I'm going to talk about is community. Give back to your community. And when I say give back, A common reaction I get is people pull back and say, well, I mean, we're kind of bootstrapped. We don't really have any money. We can't, you know, donate to this or donate. Listen, most organizations within your community need your time as much as they need your money. You start where you're at. I don't know what community looks like for you, and it does not matter. I'm located in Central Florida. Factual, true statement. Within a one-mile radius of downtown Orlando, Florida, there are more than 10,000 registered not-for-profit organizations. What's that look like? Okay, well, they don't all have storefronts or business fronts. It could be the tower down there with hundreds or thousands of attorneys in there. Everybody's established their own not-for-profit for whatever reason. And That's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it's an example. I mean, I could start my own not-for-profit. Maybe, you know, your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your kids or somebody has a passion and we'll just go online. We can register a not-for-profit organization fairly quickly and easily, and it's a good thing. And we're going to give back to someone or help someone. Here's what I want to tell you about community. Get involved. When I talk to these young entrepreneurs and startups every day, what I would encourage you to do is do not start your own not-for-profit today. Don't start a 501c3. Plug in to someone else. Whatever that looks like. Do it through your church. Do it through the local food bank. Can you gather canned goods? Can you drop off canned goods? Can you drop off food? Just a, a couple of mine, and and I just plug into other organizations. Here in, in my town where I'm at, we have got a fantastic organization that feeds the homeless every night. They feed them every evening. There's generally a key sponsor. So, public Supermarket is here in Central Florida, and they will sponsor one night a month. Publix will bring in the meat, big dishes of the meat, I'm so impressed how well this uh, not-for-profit organization is run. But the public's employees will show up, and then many, many other people. Just like myself and my small organization, we walk in, there'll be 10 or 12 of us, we show up to help. It's funny, when someone first introduced me to feeding the homeless, I had this vision in my mind of... We're going to show up. We're going to pass out sandwiches under the bridge or something to the homeless people. That's what I thought. But this is a designated area. The way it works is all the food is there. So there's these big pans of the meat. Then you've got the vegetables. You've got a a fruit. You've got a salad, etc. All the volunteers put on the gloves. We do the health stuff. Put on a hairnet and pick up two paper plates. We go through the line and the other volunteers are serving us. As I get my two plates full, I get to the end of the line. I turn around. All the homeless people are sitting out here on benches or maybe at tables in this designated area. There are volunteers that are directing us. The people in this row, they need food. So we go over there. Got the utensils, etc. Someone is going around with pitchers. There's a few people going around with cups and pitchers, and they've got lemonade, nice tea, etc. When we're all done, everyone's been served with anyone like seconds. Very organized, just very impressive. And then it's actually getting to set with some of these people and just just talk to them, just interact with them. And I have literally met everyone from medical doctors to, you know, and to go into that whole thing, I mean, different reasons, whether it's addiction or whatever it is. And then reaching out to these people and there's organizations to plug them into for social needs or help or medical or whatever it is. But what happens in developing community is you become a part. You meet some people. And you're meeting quality people, They're volunteering their time and/or resources. And maybe you become one of those companies that says, hey, you know, we can get together in our small group and we can provide three pans of salad or whatever it is. You start at another level kind of pitching in. What happens it's a source of inspiration. You will create some brand awareness. I don't want you to do it for that reason. Do it from the heart. Do it if you want to do it. And if you're just doing it for branding and to get your name out there, don't do it. That's the wrong reason. It's to give back. Whatever you do, you, you start to meet people and you just make a friend. Truly just make a friend. And what happens is that you're meeting these people, whatever you do, whether you're a realtor or you sell, you've got a fashion line or you build homes or, or you do roofs or you're in social media. You're a social media entrepreneur. Or you're a computer programmer. You meet people. You make friends, and eventually, somebody says, "Hey, I could use some guidance with that, or I need some help, or How'd you get started doing that?" And one thing evolves to another, and eventually, you're doing business with somebody there. As a young startup entrepreneur. You can develop also kind of a support system and you may find a mentor in there. What will happen in hanging around community, if you will, and giving back, you're going to meet some wealthy people who've been very successful that are giving back on a different level. You may find an entrepreneur in there. You may find someone that is or has been where you want to go. Again, don't do it for that reason but these things will happen. What now? I mean, we've identified the five main areas of focus. You can break down the steps, you can break down the projects and the tasks that that you need to complete in order for you to move your business forward. All the efforts can be spent on the right strategies and the systems and You'll have a reference of where you should and should not direct your time, your energy, and other resources. Kind of in conclusion, as a beginning business owner, you most likely have a lot on your plate at any given time. While it may seem like it's unlimited task, you still need to make do with the time and energy and resources that you have. And you've got to figure that out. I want to encourage you, instead of spreading yourself too thin and simply completing task after task with no big picture strategy in place, consider focusing on these five main things, clarity, your customer, conversion, content, and community, in order to productively and profitably move your business forward. I appreciate you guys. I love you. I'll talk to you in the next one.